The rally comes up short. The what? The rally mantis apparently did not work. Tigers don't score any runs in the ninth. Score only one run on the game as they drop the series opener to the San Francisco Giants by a score of three to one. We're going to talk about it today on Locked On Tigers. You are locked on Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked on Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Wednesday, August 24th, 2022. Thanks for making Locked on Tigers your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. That is, of course, including YouTube. Tigers drop the series opener to the San Francisco Giants by a score of 3-1 to one on Tuesday. Uh, Drew Hutchinson started, actually looked pretty decent. As kind of he has all year, dare I say. ERA is almost under four now. Uh, not really sure what else you could have possibly expected. I think this is in a season where so many players have hit their worst case scenario. I think Drew Hutchinson is a rare one where you can confidently say it was his best case scenario. I'm not sure anybody really could have expected or asked for too much more than what Drew Hutchinson has given the team. Uh, so I guess we'll start there now that I'm, I'm already talking about it. We'll just start with the pitching uh, because it was actually something that went well for the Tigers in this one. Uh, Drew Hutchinson, five innings, four hits, one earned run, two walks, three Ks, uh, throws almost 80 pitches, ERA down to 406 on the season. Uh, I mean, I mean, look, I, I've said it a million times. I'll say it again. This is a dude that this year he has... Drew Hutchinson has not pitched himself out of games. Drew Hutchinson, when he takes the bump, we are, what, what do I always say? We're always in a Drew Hutchinson start. Like, we're always in the game. It's never a, a blowout by, by the other team. He, he rarely gets rocked for, like, you know, seven, eight runs, whatever. It's always around like that two to four runs given up game, and we have a good enough bullpen to kind of hold it down, and that's usually-ish where the opponent stays. Um, this is just, unfortunately, a ramification and, and a side effect of having one of the worst offenses in, in modern baseball history. You waste a lot of good pitching performances, and that's certainly been a theme this year. Uh, McCoskey, uh, Chris McCoskey, I believe said we had the third best starting rotation ERA, uh, since I think it was like mid July. I mean, it's been like a while and, and I may, maybe it was early July. It's been a minute. So, uh, yeah, I, I like drew, you know what you're getting. He's not going to get a ton of whiffs. He had six and in five innings. Uh, but the CSW percentage called strikes plus whiffs was 29%. That's not bad. That's, you know, just under one out of every three pitches was either a called strike or a swinging strike, getting 17 called strikes in the game. The pitch mix for this one was interesting. He did not mix up. He was pretty much a two-pitch pitcher on Tuesday. It was pretty much four-seam slider. That, that's really all he threw. He threw 33 four-seams, 32 sliders, eight change-ups, and five sinkers. And 
So uh, for the most part, it was just a, a two pitch mix. 65 of the 78 pitches were those two. And, and that is quick math right there. I know uh, I'm impressive. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was, a, it was a solid performance. He threw what was working and uh, he was able to, the fastball location in this one was pretty solid. Uh, I, I don't think I've ever watched Drew Hutchinson start and been blown away by the command, but I, I mean, it was solid enough in this one. The four seam fastball had eight called strikes and, and two whiffs, you know, 10, 10 strikes on the game. Uh, yeah, solid. And the slider just as similar, you know, 11 whiffs and, and seven called, sorry, 11 whiffs, three whiffs and seven called strikes. I was looking at how many swings there. Um, so, so 10 on that one as well. Like it was, uh, he, he knew what was working. He threw it. The average exit velocity was about 94 miles an hour. That's pretty hot, but, uh, only gave up four hits and, and only one of them was, was, uh, really elevated to a point where it did um damage that uh i don't know would be it, that ended up inflicting damage jeez i don't know how that sentence got away from me like that but yeah uh, like I, we've been saying most of the year drew hutchinson going to keep you in starts going to keep you in games and uh that was certainly true in this one as he gets pulled after the 5th inning with in, in a one nothing ball game it's just this is a, a historically bad offense. And so here we are looking at a 3-1 loss. Daniel Norris follows up Drew Hutchinson, goes one inning, one hit, two earned runs, one walk, and no Ks. Uh, the two earned runs would come via a hanging slider that got deposited about 900 million feet. Gross exaggeration, but it was cranked. Ball was almost, almost 108 miles an hour off the bat. Really a no-doubter. Uh, to left field by Evan Longoria. The Giants are an interesting. Mm, the Giants are interesting is a dumb word. The Giants are a a just very intriguing team to me. Like they are. A you knew the regression was coming this season. The running was on the wall. There was no way they were going to replicate what they did last year. That that was kind of. I, I don't like using the word fluke because it takes a ton of time and effort to play the game at at any level nonetheless the major league level um I, I don't think fluke gives enough credit to the hard work that these dudes put in but uh you you did know that some regression to the mean was going to happen with a lot of these players um and a lot of it has happened honestly on the bullpen side pretty violently i mean their bullpen went from like arguably the best in baseball last year to one of the worst in baseball this year and they didn't even like get gutted really uh, at a top-to-bottom level, at least. So, very, very fascinating team the San Francisco Giants are. Um, and Evan Longoria, you know, he has had a really nice kind of like post-prime career, right? Like, he was out, he's obviously the greatest Ray to, to ever live and not necessarily the greatest you get what I'm saying. Not the greatest career a Ray has ever had. He's not necessarily the greatest player to ever put on a Ray's uniform, but he, he is certainly Mr. Ray, right? Like everybody has like the Mr. and then their team. Like Mr. Tiger was out, K line, Mr. Padres, Tony Gwynn. You know what I mean? Like Mr. Ray would, if you had to decide on, on August 24th, 2022, you'd make it Evan Longoria. Um, and, and I think his post prime in San Francisco. Like, this dude has a really legit Hall of Fame case, and I'm not sure that's really talked about in the same breath as uh, some other people 
and not only at his position, but just like in this era, there's like this belief that, oh, like once Miggy and Pujols go, then there's kind of just like we're waiting for the dudes in their 20s now to retire before we get like another wave of like generational talent leaving the game. And I'm not saying Evan Longoria is, is you know, generational or anything, but uh, I, I mean, he has uh, like he's put, probably going to retire with 60 war. Uh, on baseball reference which is usually ish the threshold for for hall of fame he he is the greatest ray you know ever ha- having uh, a guy who is the the poster child and the the yeah poster child i guess is the the golden boy for the tampa bay rays right like the for a whole franchise he is the player um yeah i i mean i, I don't know i i think that that's a conversation that as he gets closer and closer, you know, he's 36, going to be 37 in October. As he gets closer to retirement, I, I think that that's a conversation that we should be having. I, I think he has a really, really legitimate Hall of Fame, over 800 career OPS, solid defender, um, over 300 home runs. If he plays one more year, he's going to have 2,000 hits. Uh, certainly if he plays two more years, but but – Probably if he plays, uh, uh, we'll say two, just to be on the safe side. We'll say if he plays two more years, he uh, healthy, then he'll get 2,000 hits, 300 home runs, over 800 OPS, 1,100 RBIs, honing in on 1,000 runs. If you like those like counting stats for your Hall of Fame credential, then the advanced analytics like them too. Like I said, almost 60 war, um, solid WRC plus throughout his career. I don't know. I, I think that that's a kind of an under-the-radar Hall of Fame. Not necessarily, I don't, I don't want to make it sound like he's a slam dunk or a first balloter, but I think that's an interesting conversation for maybe like his third or fourth year on the ballot. I think that we should be having a, a nice long look at Evan Longoria's Hall of Fame case. Okay, let's get into, now that I just sidetracked on the San Francisco Giants for a few minutes, let's get into the offensive side of things. Honestly, I can afford to talk about Evan Longoria and afford to talk about the San Francisco Giants because this offensive segment of the game is historically, not historically, traditionally this year, very short. So I can kind of afford to talk about uh, my opinion of other players on teams we play against. So let's get into the offensive side of things as much as I don't want to do it. But first, we got to talk about driving sober. You're hanging out with your friends putting back a few drinks. A few becomes a few too many. As the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you think of calling for a ride. Nah, you live nearby. You can make it home okay. It's no big deal. What are the odds you'll get pulled over anyway? And even even so, what's the worst that could possibly happen? Your insurance goes up. You lose your license. You lose your job. So do your car. You even kill someone. Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. All right, everybody. Welcome back here. Segment two of Locked On Tigers. Uh, thanks for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every day. Free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. Let's talk about the offensive side of the ball here. Well, 
we'll go through the bullpen really quickly, actually, because I realized that I went on my Giants tangent before uh, I, I got to that. Jose Cisnero, one inning, one walk, one K. Still think the command is not where it was. I thought he looked better in this game than he has in his last few starts, but there's still some strides to take before we're back to what we were pre Jose Cisnero injury. Like that is a totally different pitcher still. And and watching him, uh, one seven four ERA looks great, but he doesn't look anything like he did the last two years. So taking strides, like I said, headed in the right direction. I thought he looked better tonight, but still not there yet. Joe Jimenez, one inning, one walk, one K. Solid outing from Joe, as he uh, tends to do this season, especially really fastball heavy, but it was working for him, so that's fine. And then Andrew Chafin was absolutely uh, lights out. Incredible outing, one inning, two Ks. I thought the command was great. Uh, the sinker is great. Only threw the slider a couple of times. It worked really well. He's very, very good at his job. Okay. We got the bullpen out of the way. Uh, Daniel Norris, yeah, his command has always been the problem, and it was, continued to be the problem in this one. Not really too much to add. Offensively, uh, this team was pretty much the same old story, different day. Uh, I, I know I even say that all the time. Like, it's just – it's so repetitive, this team, and, it, and it's so uh, – I, I just want to consistently score runs, but that's – doesn't look like that's an option this season. Um, Giants starter was Carlos Rodon. Carlos Rodon is a very, very talented pitcher. He gave us fits uh, when he was on the White Sox, and he continues to do so, even though it's interleague play now. <laughs> um, but he is he is very, very good at his job as well, certainly. Um, his CSW percentage on the game was 40%. 40 percent that is that is astronomical uh he had 23 whiffs against your detroit tigers 23 whiffs unbelievable stuff 14 called strikes um his whiff percentage was almost 50 percent the tigers swung the bat 48 times against carlos rodan Almost half of those swings were swings and misses. He was absolutely dominant. Seven innings, five hits, one earned run, no walks, and 10 strikeouts. Uh, just a master class of a performance. Honestly, a couple of those hits were cheap, too. It probably should have even it probably should have been even worse. But yeah, that's what happens when one of the worst offenses we've ever seen goes up against a premier pitcher in this league. That is what happens. Uh, his ERA is down to 281 now on the year. And yeah, everybody looked pretty much lost at the plate, except I, I thought Riley Green took decent at bats. He had a couple of hits in this one. Um, Javi had a couple of hits. I, I mean, one of them was the biggest blue pit I think I've ever seen in my life. Um, Eric Haas with a hit and then a walk late. We'll get into the ninth inning at the end. Uh, Harold had a knock. Like it, it was just, it was really the same old, like, oh, we get a couple of runners on. And, and even the runners, again, we got on, we're kind of like, bad bippy luck like his average exit velocity was 84 miles an hour really really did well um and we just weren't able to capitalize we you know every team is going to have that that blue pluck sometimes every team is going to have a a ground ball that just you know hit them where they ain't and the good teams take advantage of that and, and score runners in scoring position that 
that end up getting there and, and bring in runners that are on base. And this team just has zero capability of doing that. Like, like literally zero. Um, so there you go. That that's again, that's what happens when a premier pitcher faces off against a, a, a bottom level offense. Um, I, I don't think there's too much to add. Kerry Carpenter pinch hit late. He kind of got, uh, I don't know. He kind of got overwhelmed, I guess. I mean, he started off two and zero and looked solid, and then just three pitches in a row. Um, the, the end of the game, they put together some good at bats, and so Doval for the Giants, right? That is a a very <laughs> Giants fans and Tigers fans can somewhat resonate over the fact that Duvall has kind of a tendency to be wild at times and, and walk hitters and will let outings escape him, but also still has a sub three ERA. Uh, now, to be totally fair, his walk per nine is four and his whip is 1.2. Okay, so I'm, I'm not trying to make it sound like he's some like wild thing, complete off the hinge like can't shut down a game type of wild uh gregory soto's whip on the year for reference 1.187 and a walk per nine of four now of course neither of those numbers include the hit by pitches uh which he has seven of on the season but so greg's numbers at a base level are better than these dudes as far as whip goes the amount of runners he's allowing on base and their walk per nine is the same and Duvall actually all actually averages more k per nine almost a whole strikeout more per nine innings he's an incredibly talented individual he throws a hundred with crazy movement just like Gregory Soto it's actually really similar he's pretty much the righty version of Gregory Soto and there's a lot of Giants fans that uh, can, can sometimes get frustrated with him because he tends to do uh, the same thing that Tigers fans get frustrated with Soto for doing. And we saw that on display, loaded the bases, but the Tigers weren't even able to score one run <laughs> with the bases loaded and one out in a two-run game in the ninth inning. Um, so ended up not costing them. And again, as it as it uh, Greg kind of does similar stuff, right? Like he'll... He'll tightrope his way out of danger as well. Uh, they have pretty similar advanced metrics, too. Their FIPS are pretty similar. Um, yeah, it, it really is a, a very eerily similar to people uh, as far as back-end relievers go. And uh, if you're in touch with the Giants fan base, you know that they can um, at, at times get frustrated with Duvall, just like we get frustrated with Greg. So, just kind of fascinating to see him at the end of the game and do something that he's done a few times and that we are very accustomed, not very, I don't want to make it sound like Greg's loading the bases every time out there, but that we are somewhat accustomed to as well. Just really similar situations, that's all. Uh, but the Tigers weren't able to capitalize as they tend not to. So uh, that's it for the game. We got a little bit more. I'm, I want to talk about the Rally Mantis for a little bit, to be honest with you. And then we got some roster moves to talk about as well. Uh, but first, I got to tell you all about our friends over at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. 
BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information from live in-game betting, scores, podcasts. They have you covered. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn about the trends and action happening today. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, everybody. Welcome back. Segment three here, Locked on Tigers. Uh, so Tigers dropped this one three to one. The Rally Mantis, man. I Praying Mantises are so cool. It's my mom's favorite bug, the Praying Mantis. It's very, very, it's very cool. And that one looked huge, by the way. That looks like a very large Praying Mantis uh, that they found. What was that? The shallow left field grass? Is that where it was? Foul territory? I don't even remember where it was. But, um, like, and then we started drawing all these walks, and it was like, oh, my goodness. And we've had, like, the Rally Goose before. I was actually at the Rally Goose game. That was one of my first claims to fame uh, as a youngin. But, yeah, it, it, it's just there are – in a season that has had so much not fun moments, it would have been so fun to, like, hit a walk-off there or even tie the game and be like, oh, my goodness – the rally mantis, but now this will just be forgotten and this will never be brought up again and no one will, will ever remember it because it didn't even, we, we didn't score one run. We, we went scoreless in, in the rally mantis era. It lasted one half of an inning and we didn't score in it. So it, it's, it's clearly not a thing, but it's just, I just, I, <laughs> it's been a long season. It's been a really long season and this offense is really exhausting and it just would have been like a really fun night that like they could have ran with for a little for a couple of days right like if we won tomorrow too then oh my goodness two and oh in the rally you know what i mean like it just would have been like a fun little marketing thing and and what whatnot i'm i'm it, it really it honestly this just shows you how how frustrated and just like down bad I am for this team when I'm upset that a praying mantis appearing on screen didn't result in us scoring any runs. That's where I'm at. I've already come to the conclusion on a lot of these players on what I think their futures with the team are going to be. Um, I'm already looking for, you know, there was no show yesterday. I, uh, we had a day off. We had a day off at the end of last week too. Um, I even had a day off on a on a weekday and in a very long time with the show. So I was like, you know what, I'm uh, I'm not just going to come on here and just complain about the offense being terrible for another half an hour. So, like I I just I I get I will always be passionate about this team. It'll always be something that I will have a passion of talking about every single day. And I love this industry. I love the community we've created. I, I love the, the Detroit Tigers to a fault. I just like I just wanted something. <laughs> it would have been so fun to come on here and be like, Rally Mantis, woohoo, super fun. But as the season has gone, that did not happen. Some roster moves. Uh, let's talk about Jonathan Scope going to the IL. Uh, it's retroactive to August 21st, which is three days ago already. First, second, third, four, three, four days ago already. 
So uh, he he might, you know, it's not like it's 10 days from today. It's retroactive to a few days ago. So um, I don't expect him to miss too much time. He's already out of the boot, I guess. I think they're probably just going to go to the end of this IL stint and then he'll be back. Um, Zach Short recalled Zach Short played in this game, started this game. Uh, and Zach Short is what Zach Short is, man. Uh, you know, Zach Short's a, a, a solid defender, I guess. He's he's a he's an average defender, slightly above average defender, maybe. Uh, that's pretty good at drawing walks, and that you know ha- occasionally will run into a homer, but he's going to hit for a really low average. Um, and then the slugging percentage isn't going to be that good. The OPS isn't going to be that good, but he's going to get on base every once in a while. Cause he's okay at drawing walks. He's, uh, you know, replacement level player for a player. So not really too much to get into there. Um, the only other thing that happened was really Peralta did officially clear waivers and officially was, uh, released. So he is a free agent. He is no longer. I know we talked about him getting DFA and how I thought it was weird that everybody freaked out about it. I still think it's weird that everybody freaked out about it. Um, not that big of a deal. Honestly, probably the right call. Uh, however, I do wish him the best. And I hope that uh, now that he is a completely unrestricted free agent, that he can maybe go to a contender or at least like pitch the rest of the year. I would hate for him. He's had way too good of a last, what, two years with us, two seasons with us to, um, well, this season and last season to just like not have a job for the, for September. Like somebody could use that. So I hope that uh, he finds work and that's pretty much it. Thanks for making Locked on Tigers your first listen every day. And I'll make your second listen to Locked on MLB Podcast. MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan brings humor, passion, and his unique perspective on the major leagues every day and the biggest stories from around the league. Follow the number one daily league-wide podcast, Locked on MLB on the Odyssey of YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. I think that'll do it. I think that'll do it. We talked about the offense, talked about the pitching, bullpen, Evan Longoria, giant stuff. Yeah. I think that's pretty much it. We're in the dog days, just trying to find some stuff to look forward to. We're trying to hold on to some hope for next year. Um, the rest of this season is an audition, and that's why like baseball will never be boring to me, and then will always be, uh, you know, I'll, I'll always have a passion for watching this team every single day, uh, no matter what, because now uh, my attention turns to auditioning for next year. And uh, certainly this whole season has been an audition for next year. And for a lot of people, it has not been a very good audition. But in the last month and a half, a month and a half, in the last month and a half of the season, that's what I'm trying to say. Um, you know, you got the Kerry Carpenters of the world. You could get some call-ups as well. There's a few 40-man uh, omissions currently. Well, they're currently 40-man roster omissions that um, could get on the 40 man and could make their way to the majors to, you know, prevent them from being rule five eligible and everything this year. So we'll see, we'll see what happens. Um, yeah, that's all I got. Peace and love going to therapy's dope and I'll catch y'all tomorrow. Hopefully talking about a win. Go Tigers.